After many years as an adventure destination photographer, I finally dove into another passion I'd been sitting on for years, underwater photography. It was something I knew I needed to do for years, and it's been overwhelmingly fulfilling to pursue that part of my purpose. However, what you might not have guessed about underwater photography is that it's actually incredibly difficult and can be dangerous, especially if you're trying to do it without being ready and doing the proper preparation. To find out what I'm talking about, keep listening. Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. This week, we are getting into a pretty niche topic that might be interesting for you, even if you're not a photographer or videographer. And like Beth said in the intro, that's the topic of underwater photography. This is going to include some chatting about swimming, free diving, marine wildlife, all the things that come with the territory of of underwater photography. And we're hearing from Beth on this as she's a professional underwater photographer. It's so cool to say because it's so... You're literally the coolest person I know. Um, (laughs) She's a professional. She has spent the last couple of years really diving. This is going to be so hard to not keep saying (laughs) diving. (laughs) So many puns are going to happen. Diving into that part of her skill set in some pretty unique environments. So let's get into it. Beth, why don't you also like just sum up what we're going to be talking about today? Awesome. Well, thank you, first of all. Appreciate it. So excited. Um, basically, I'm going to cover the the lesser talked about parts of underwater photography and that whole world of all, all those things that that includes. Um, the misconceptions, the challenges, and even some, some good things, of course. But it's something that I think is often glamorized, especially in the recent years, and it's extremely dangerous for this to become trendy or glamorized. Um, it's something that people need to be informed about beforehand. It's not something that people can just like dabble in or jump into really quickly Mm -hmm. as you can with so many other trends, especially in the photo and video world. Um, So yeah, and both on the photo and client side, this applies. So yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. And yeah, so before we get into this, I just want everyone listening to this episode right now to actually quickly pause. You're going to go to Beth Schweitzer (laughs) Photography on Instagram. That's Beth, S-W-E-I-T-Z-E-R Photography. (laughs) You're going to go there. And you're going to check out her underwater photography oh because gosh. it's amazing. I'd die to get to be photographed <laughs> by you there, literally. Thank and you. it's been so cool to see you get into that. Like, because it's so – I'm a big nature documentary kid. Yeah. So, like, seeing that is just like, ooh, it just scratches an itch. So, definitely go oh check her gosh. out. Follow her if you're not already. Thank and you. And now I'll focus on my questions. So, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, by the way. <laughs> Love that. Uh, so, to start off – can you run down a day of what an underwater shoot uh, would look like? Like, when are you doing them? When do you get up? All that in general. Like, a day of the life of underwater photography. As much or as little as you Love want it. to share. Oh, perfect. Yeah, happily. Um, so, I'll try not to ramble too much on this, but um, it definitely starts like – there's multiple days leading up to it that kind of contribute because you're checking water conditions and tide and stuff like that. And um, a lot of uh, preparing for underwater photography has to be in-person scouting. So the day before, typically if you can, you want to be looking at water – well, much before the day before, you know, the days leading up to it, you want to be looking at water predicted water conditions, uh, tide, stuff like that. And then the day before, you have to go and scout. If you can, this is the the – safest way to do it. You want to go and scout the spot physically, which also includes getting in the water. 
Mm-hmm. Um, until you're a lot more practiced, you can kind of eyeball it um, by just looking, and then eventually you know the conditions well enough on, that you're going to be reading in the stats to know whether or not it's going to be a good day. Awesome. But especially the first year or more, and by the way, a year or more, I mean of consistently doing this, not just like from day one of having this idea that year, but like the first year of consistently doing this, you probably want to be going and scouting in person. So there's scouting and researching and doing all that in the days leading up to it. And um, then when it comes to actually the day of, uh, you want to make sure, of course, all your gear is charged the night before, right. and then you're going to clean all your gear. Um, I... I will say it's also very seasonal. This is um, probably, maybe doesn't need to be said. Maybe everybody already knows that. But obviously in winter, especially in somewhere like Hawaii, like you, underwater is going to be a lot harder to do. A lot of the really good right. spots are ruined by bad water conditions. Mm. Not just necessarily big waves, but also just water clarity isn't as good. The water's choppier. I mean, mm. bigger swells, stuff like that. Um, but so yeah, there's also like just kind of keeping track of the seasons right. and you don't want to like be booking out, especially if you book out far in advance, you might not want to book a November underwater shoot, uh, if you're unsure right. about what the water conditions will be. So there's stuff like that. Just lots of year round preparation. And then, um, oh, also actually before I get to the day of stuff, mm-hmm. just always be, make sure you're keeping up in your fitness and make sure that you're, you know, like the week of, I try to make sure that I've been practicing my breath, breath hold if I haven't been in the water, you know, but during, during season of underwater photography I'm in the water almost every day at least multiple times a week so that's not a problem but sometimes the off-season underwater shoots you got to make sure that week you're preparing physically okay and then the day of yeah you're you clean your gear usually just make sure you put it all together it's a lot of work not a lot of work but it's more steps putting together the underwater gear and then uh in the beginning of my business I liked to test it in the bathtub before I went out with it um Mm. just out of nervousness because a lot of people's that's something I actually didn't plan on talking about today, but I'll just mention real fast is a lot of underwater housing fails. Like statistically, you're very Mm. likely to have your, you lose your whole setup and it's expensive, which I'll talk about later. But like pretty much every underwater photographer I know has lost an entire camera and that means everything in it. And so of course that because the underwater housing failed, which means you're losing the housing and you're losing all the camera gear within it and that's expensive. So I developed the habit personally of testing it in the bathtub every day before I went. So like if I had a shoot, I would either test it the night before and leave it in the housing, which you're not really supposed to leave it in the housing. So it usually does need to be done like the day of, or I'd test it the day of and just like fill up the bathtub with water and you dunk it in and make sure they're and pull it out and you look and you know just kind of move it around underwater and just make sure there's nothing no condensation forming no leaks nothing right. like that um okay so then yeah so we're still that's on a, lot of prep, a lot of prep a lot of it's a lot of prep well that's good it to is. know it's not like oh we just buy Throw like on the gear. waterproof gear on amazon and go for it like it's yeah, a no. big deal oh my gosh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you need to know the warning signs too of like where – because there are some places in the underwater housing where condensation building is okay and other spots where it's a warning sign. So stuff like that. Mm, And yeah, but yeah, making sure – and all – I actually – yeah. So anyways, you go – then you go to your session, make sure you have everything prepared. Usually you're going to have to have like your phone and your – you leave everything at home that you don't need because like – everything if you shoot alone like I do oftentimes mm-hmm. you have to have everything on your body so I have an underwater fanny pack it sounds so funny to say it sounds so nerdy but it's just <laughs> right. the reality um that I have my phone and my car key in and I can't fit like a bunch of, and I think I put my ID in there too so like you I can't fit all my whole wallet in there and I don't want to leave it in the car right. so 
just like stuff like that. And then anyways, yeah, we do the session. The session itself is hours long and it's very tiring and yeah, but it's fun, you know, love it. So we do the shoot. And then, um, after coming out of the shoot, I try to rinse off my gear right away with fresh water. If I can find it, whether it's a water bottle or a rinse station, something like that. And then, um, going home before I even deal with my images or coal, which is usually my first thing that I do after a session, I actually clean my gear because again, with underwater housing, especially if you're dealing with salt water in the ocean, like it's just, you want to just take such good care of it. So I will be washing my, my gear. It takes usually about an hour to fully clean every crevice. You want to get all the salt out because if you miss any, that's, what's going to erode it over time. Cause those, a lot of the failings of people's underwater housing that I know, to be honest, it's kind of user error. Um, not just necessarily on that day of, but not taking proper care of it. Um, so yeah, so you want to get all that out, all that taken care of. It's a bit of a chore, but it's worth it in the long run. I think I've only ever not done that like once. And the next day I just felt so guilty. I was like, I can't do that. Like, this is just not worth the risk. Anyways. So then you, of course you do all the culling and then the editing itself is much longer than normal underwater shooting. It's a, it's a very different type of editing. Like you're not going to be editing in the same way at all. Um, so also, there's also relearning that, by the way. Right. Um, but let's see what else. Yeah. So yeah, I th- say that's basically the that's a the a day of underwater shooting, and you know, that's it's really crazy. great. I didn't yeah. expect any of your answers. Actually, that's all like so- <laughs> such a surprise. No, that's so cool because I I'm such a newbie at it. Like, well, oh not a newbie. I, I literally know nothing. So that's crazy. Like oh the gosh. amount of like prep and then aftercare. Like. I probably oh. wouldn't do well at it because I'm not very good at taking care of my stuff. Like I am, but if it's something, I'd, I'd be so easy to be like, oh, I'll clean that tomorrow. Like, yeah, uh, it's and hard. then deal with it later. But like, yeah, that just, initiative is really good. Yeah, it's definitely something where there's like no way around it. Like you have to take good care of your gear or you will regret it in the future. And also like everything else too, like you have to wash your fins. I wash out my my booties, my socks that go in my fins. You, know, you have to wash mm-hmm. those, hang those out to dry wash and dry the salt water off your fins, wash and dry your masks and snorkel, like all that stuff to the fanny pack, dry that out. So there's also all that. So if you have to clean after too, that's a lot. And then of course your swimsuit, you know, it's going to be all wet and gross. So you got to take care of all that. So because with salt water too, that's like a whole different. Oh yeah. That gets stinky so fast. Um, (laughs) And then the one thing I didn't mention too in preparation for it, I guess, I I mean, we kind of go into this, I guess I'll probably go into this more later, but um, even checking like how far your clients can dive down and stuff because right. um, also like my under your underwater housing is going to be tested for only certain depths. So, you know, like I think my, my max I'm supposed to take my net is like 30 feet. Wow. Um. So I, and I thought that would never be an issue, but actually I can get down to 30 feet pretty comfortably. So I have to be careful that I'm not just like hanging out at 30 feet or pushing it with my gear. I think it'd be fine. I think it's one of those things where they say they have to say less, kind of like a bridge with weight limits, like a car, like they have to say it's like less tons than it really is. But right. So you don't just like test it. Right. Exactly. Well, cool. Yeah. We'll dive into um, the meat of this episode, which is like the risks and the dangers and your client safety. Right. But before that, if you could narrow it down to like one thing right off the bat, what was the biggest surprise when you first got into underwater photography? Like what did you not expect the um, most? Uh, okay. I think I'm – honestly, I think I would just say how hard it was. And not to be yeah. pessimistic, but like – No, not at all. It That's- is – 
super okay. real. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so hard and not just like how many things you have to think about and how stressful it is that you're putting so much thousands of dollars in the water, yeah. but also just like physically the actual shooting in the water is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like not really hard. Really? Thing I've ever done. Oh my but, gosh. Oh my word. And I'll get into it more later, but oh my gosh, there's so many factors you're constantly dealing with. And that's why I'm so strict. And again, for the thousandth time, we'll get more into it later, but I'm so strict with how confident my clients are because there's already a trillion things that I'm having to pay attention to at once with underwater photography. And there's just no guarantee of anything. You can be in the water for an hour. And if one thing is off, you're not guaranteed to get good images. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting. And it's so, it's just so hard having to be like trying to take care of yourself in the water and you're doing with a bunch of gear and other people and water conditions and always keeping your eye. It's just, it is the hardest form of photography that I've ever done. Um, not that I've done a ton of stuff, but like between weddings, like a 14 hour wedding day is easier than this. Like just in so many ways. And, um, yeah. And I've done like drone photography. I've done like all different kinds, like done family stuff, done commercial work, like traveling for photos like it's just not this is just such a difficult thing that you have to be so strict with yourself and your rules with it and so knowledgeable I just wasn't expecting it I definitely was of the mistaken crowd that thought you could just kind of oh just I'll just get into I'll just try it just dabble in it no way so yeah. that's why I wanted to talk about this today. Well, no, even when we were sitting down to put this episode together, I was like, oh yeah, like you're going to teach people how to like blah, blah, blah. Beth was like, no, like they got to know what they're getting yeah. into. Like this yeah. is a whole thing. And even like what I said in the beginning of the episode, like, oh, you should like <laughs> shoot some portraits for me would still be fun, but it's good to know. Oh, like, you fun. have to be yeah. super prepared. I can't hold my breath for very long. I don't know if you know this. I can only hold, I, I'm like, I suck at holding my You know my what's breath. funny though? No, but I can hold it funny? for like 15 seconds and then I'm like. Growing, <laughs> growing up though, it's funny because you were definitely a stronger swimmer than me and like when we would dive down to do our rock diving which funny thing that's actually how I train now one of the ways I train is I go and do rock running on the water and I was like I've been doing this since I was a kid everyone judged us everyone judged us everyone judged us guess what folks it literally you were training Ayla has been training me since day one at the lakes in the summers yeah you you'd be fine the only thing like having a good breath hold is great, but I would say it's more important that you know how to dive down and you do because you and I spent our whole life doing that. So you just okay, need to be able to get fair. down deep to give yourself time to float up and do the different poses. Oh, like, cause you're, cause also breath okay. hold, you remember this, like breath hold comes naturally with like practice and also like even right. just in a session when you warm up, you, inf- you improve even by a few seconds. So like obviously That's in the true. beginning you might be 15, but I think you have at least like 25, 30 and you eat just probably just well there are many times we got stuck at the bottom of the lake with rocks and (laughs) i would hold my breath we never do actually true actually (laughs) also i've learned so like you know um you probably already know this but like i didn't really put two and two together that like the breath you have like if you just like (gasps) and hold your breath right now Mm -hmm. that is not you can't hold your breath as long doing that as you can in the water because right. when you're when your nose it's so weird. Chad told me about this and I'm probably gonna misquote it and everything. But apparently when water touches your nose, it's like you all about your nose, your body has more of a response of like holding its breath that like Oh, is it like is it that understands that like you we yeah. can't inhale because if you just go like <gasps> with the air yeah. around you, your body probably knows that you still have air yeah. around you. Whereas mm-hmm. in the water, they're yeah. like, Oh, we gotta like conserve. That yeah. makes sense. I could that be wrong up. and I could be totally misquoting that. And if someone who like knows all about like free diving or diving is listening to this and you're just like you're wrong. Please correct me because I'll I'll share on my stories that I was wrong. Um, but it's something about that. Like I don't know. There was right. a cool study or something. Or just, I don't know. But anyway, right. 
So, yeah, okay, that made me ask one more question before we get into the meat. But so do you free dive then? Like oh, there's yes. no breath or snorkels or anything like that? Like it's your own oh, breath? Well, with free diving, we still have a mask, yeah. Okay. Because you just want to be able to see for safety, yeah. Free, free diving oh, just right. means but like no tank. Like, and you know, or anything? Yes, exactly, yeah. I don't actually scuba dive. I only free dive. And wow. that was one of the things I will talk about this more today. Okay. Okay, that cool. was one of my preconditions for doing underwater photography. I'm a pretty confident freediver. Well, I need I have a lot of improvement to go, um, but I freedive regularly in the summers with Chad. Right. Like at least once a week, we're out there going on a longer day thing. Um, but being in the water multiple times a week doing freediving, yeah. That's, so that's like my biggest hobby, actually, I would say. Oh, man. That's so cool. I keep thinking like, oh, I'd love to do that, but I guess like – we sort of did that. It was just in a lake. We did. But like but yeah. like I'm sure the more and more you're doing it, you actually really get to play with like how many minutes you can be underwater and and all that. Or well, min- yeah. I don't know if it's minutes, but you know, how long you can I'm be there minutes, and like what no. you can do. Yeah. But <laughs> But yeah, well it's just what you see too. It's just fun seeing different things. So just being in the water is so healing and relaxing. I've yes. kind of talked about that before. But yeah, so just and it's nice the more confident you are free to like I always thought, man, am I gonna get tired being out in the ocean for like four hours? Literally no. Like I'm no. just I, I I'm no. out there all day and it's not because I don't know it's just you learn how to just uh, be in the water without taxing your body. Um, obviously by the end of it you're tired but you're right. not like it's not like oh you're sitting there treading water in a pool for hours like that would be hard. right. It's different. Um, but anyways, so yeah. Okay, so in the beginning you had mentioned that there's dangers that do come. Now that I've hyped it up so much, <laughs> there's dangers <laughs> that come with underwater photography. So let's get into those. What are some areas that you would say where you have to take extreme caution with underwater photography? Okay. Um, yes. So first and foremost, just overall, you're in another world. You are in the underwater world where you're no longer the biggest predator and Dang. your abilities are severely compromised. And um, not to be like super scary, but there are sharks and seals, jellyfish, poisonous marine life, um, many just – other animals and things that can cause you harm. And then on top of that, you have water conditions. So being knowledgeable about surf, swells, water clarity, undertow, currents, tide levels, like all of this stuff um, that need to be heavily understood before getting in, especially before getting in with gear. Because that's, you know, that's, uh, gosh, now that we're talking about it and listing it out, there are so many different levels to it. You need to be a confident with swimming, super strong swimmer. Like not, oh yeah, I swim in a pool all the time. Like you need to be a mermaid, like so confident. Um, And then you need to be ocean confident. Like I was kind of just saying, you can't be afraid of deep water. You can't um, be uh, ignorant about the ocean. Uh, Then you need to be knowledgeable about ocean life on top of like ocean conditions, not just that it exists, but how to deal with it, avoid it, interact with it, prevent it. How they interact with each other is another good thing to know. For example, um, sharks are afraid of dolphins. So like if you're in an area and you see dolphins, just be aware there's probably not going to be any sharks. And mm-hmm. uh, Or if you see like a baby and a mama seal in the water, literally immediately leave. Like Im- mm-hmm. immediately leave yeah. because yeah. they're very oh protective and mom seals are very aggressive and, or are known to be, I should say. Um, and all of this doesn't even include your gear. Haven't even mentioned the gear yet. It's a whole oh, different ocean deal. swimming's a whole thing. It terrifies yeah. me. Like I want to oh try gosh, it more, it's, but it's, it's so – amazing, but yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's exactly that. It's amazing and it's a gift and it's so cool, but it, it's, it is another world and you're not yeah. like yeah. Any, anywhere in nature, but I feel like especially mm-hmm. the ocean, it's like people get so comfortable in like their houses and cities, yes. like we own this and then you get plopped 
where you're not mm-hmm. that anymore. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. But like, you know, I I don't know if I've told you my one snorkeling experience where like no, I was in Indonesia and like got to snorkel over this oh, reef. Sounds amazing. And it was so cool. But the guys who took us on this tour, like they said, like, just start here. There's a current that'll naturally take you out and then back in. Which was true. The current did okay. that. But they were like, you don't need to do anything. Like you can just float. Awesome. Which was like, scary. it was a cool, so I was just chilling like over this coral reef and it was like the opening scene in Nemo. There's like schools of fish, oh my there's Lord. like angelfish, there's parrotfish, beautiful. It was so cool. I was scared because I'm terrified of the ocean. Like, yeah, fair. <laughs> I, a lot of people are. And and like the depths um, yeah. or whatever, but I'm chilling. I'm like, this is fine. This is fine. There was a drop off just like no. in Finding Nemo that they failed to inform me on. So it's like chilling, chilling. And then deep blue black sea. Girl. Out of, well, I could kind of see the ground. Like it wasn't that deep. Yes, but it was. Yes. It was. Oh, I. I could hear it in my snorkel. I started to be like, <gasps> like I got so yep, scared. Yep. And then I look out, and there is a baby swordfish or a marlin. Smart. I don't know what it was, but it was one with like a long, pointy nose. That's so cool. It scared me so bad. I, I like, couldn't I even enjoy fair. it. Like he was maybe. Aww. He was far away. He was maybe like twenty feet away from me. And but he was like long and sideways, and I was just like, <gasps> like I just look know what it was. Like oh, I got so scared. So I I turned around. I like popped my head up real quick to see where like our boat is because like I was like f this current. Like I need to get this current. So, I'm dead. So then I get back over the coral, and then I didn't want to touch any of the coral or kick it because yeah, coral hurts really bad. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I get out, and these Indonesian like uh, guides are like, are you okay? And I was like, that was so scary. Oh, <laughs> and they were so like, sweet. oh, the little like clownfish were scary. And I was like, you be quiet. <laughs> there be was, quiet. there was more, so funny. but anyway, like I think it's more funny. practice, but also I was suddenly aware that this wasn't like my, yes. my hometown lake that has trout. Yeah. There was more going on in there for sure. Yeah. So and sorry, that just... was a big side story, but no, I love it. I love it. And to make you feel better, this will make you feel better. Years ago, the first time I ever like was like in the ocean and a big turtle came up on me, which is the Ooh. biggest. It was the first biggest marine life that had been around me. I hyperventilated, like straight up panic. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, knew yeah. it was a turtle, and it was so calm. But like anything in that environment that you're not used to coming up to you is going to shock your system. I'm scared when trout come up to into- me. Like, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not – and it's so normal. And that's okay. why you, there's no substitute for practice and time in water. There's no right. substitute. There's no right. thing. There's no videos you can watch. Like also even just using a snorkel is – um, kind of counterintuitive if you have never used it before. So that's mm-hmm. – I'm so strict with my clients who get in the water with me. Like they just – it can't be their first time. It can't – they yeah, need to be confident with fair. all their gear. So anyways, so that leads me into yeah. – like I was saying, that's – everything I was listing doesn't even include the gear yet. Um, right. It's a whole different deal getting in the water with a bunch of gear that's distracting. It fills up your hands and it needs to be operated. And now on top of all that, if you're entering the water with people who aren't equally as knowledgeable – and pretty confident. They don't have to be as confident in the water as me, but they need to be confident enough to deal with themselves. That's where things can get really scary. Even if you are good and check all those boxes, the other people need to check those boxes too. No, yeah, straight up. Like, you you know how if you see a shark, you're supposed to like steady your breathing and just like redirect it and swim away. I'd already fail 
Because if I see anything in the water, I'm like, <gasps> and like there's divers who say like, keep your heart rate low, steady your breathing. And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I die. I'm Even sure like, like you said, you get more comfortable with it later. Well, but that always you still, me I mean, I still have yet to like have a shark come up to me in the wild. I right. like, but I, um, like without being unprompted, like without going after trying to swim with them, but, um. You need to like you don't worry as much about breath, but it's more so keeping eye contact is a big one, and then never swimming away. Just like sticking your fins out, you want to extend your fins first, and then if they come within touching distance, then you extend a straight arm, and you want to push de- push up or down depending on where you want to go and on their nose to redirect them, and then run your hand along the side so that you can kind of keep your keep them at your distance, and then they they wow. won't bother you. It's eye contact is actually the biggest thing with them because in the ocean, prey does not do eye contact they it doesn't away. happen and like that's like that with a lot of animals on land too yeah. yeah so if the if you look in their eyes they know you're not prey they may on occasion challenge that that's going to be very rare but yeah. they're also sharks especially if you swim somewhere like hawaii where people have been swimming with sharks for generations and generations and they know they the shark, sharks are very intelligent they mm. know what you are they know what you are. Right. They they're not right. interested. They don't care unless you do something out of the ordinary like splash around. They don't mm-hmm. care. They're not, yeah. they're not interested. They know who you are. So, anyways, that's just a little side. That's thing. so cool. Sorry, I keep like this is so fascinating. This is like this is so I'm so cool. excited to talk about it. Yeah, okay. So what you said in the la- last bit of your question about like your your clients checking the boxes too. Um right. let's expand on that. So like how do other people affect your own safety? in the water, even if you're a really confident swimmer. Yeah. So, um, basically once you've got all your gear on, uh, you can't play lifeguard anymore. And this is where a lot of people I've come to learn (laughs) will assume that because you're a professional underwater photographer or a free diver, um, and you do this all the time that you're like, they feel so safe with you in the water because you can be like their lifeguard. And while mm. it's true that a professional like free diver or underwater photographer could in some instances be a great safety aid and be a comfort in the water if you're just like friends hanging out, um, it won't be true during an underwater session because between my long fins, my weight belt, my huge underwater camera setup, like I have a lot of things to focus on. I can't be barking safety instructions on top of also trying to instruct on posing, keep myself skirt away, take the photos and Something I didn't mention before is that every single pose in the water is like minimum three tries. That's another thing that actually really shocked mm-hmm. me. Actually, I'll say that. That's another thing that shocked me getting into this. I um like the first time I did an underwater session with like people. Like I obviously have been practicing for a long – such a long time. And like practicing on my husband, practicing on marine life, on friends. But like when I did like a real – one where like it was like okay well, I got to get these poses we would like do a pose and I was like oh, oh my gosh I was just shocked how many times I had to redo it and redo it and redo it and redo it until we were guaranteed to get a shot because you can't check one you cannot check your shots underwater I can't just hit the back button and look at what mm. I've done so far oh it's kind of like original film you just have to hold exactly oh and that's scary yes. that's scary in yep. and of itself yeah <laughs> so sure. you have to do things especially if it's a pose they requested you have to do it as many times as you can to make sure you got it And obviously the better you are, the less times and the better they are the less times, but it is, sorry, I know I'm kind of like going off on a tangent here, but that's one of the ways it can be dangerous is one, if they get, if they're going to get tired after doing three poses, three times each, like they're need they need to know how to regulate themselves and Mm -hmm. how to just be like safe in the water. But anyways, so between all that, I'm not a lifeguard. And if there is an emergency, 
I'm going to have to be ditching a lot of expensive gear. So obviously I want to avoid that if possible. And the best way to do that is to make sure that everyone is confident swimmers in the ocean because the ocean is like just so different than anything else. And it's unpredictable. And kind of like I was saying, checking the boxes before, um, you want to check all the boxes you can check because the ocean is going to have some things that maybe you can't, um, what do you call it? Like count on or count you can't for regulate. like, yeah, you think, you can't you, yeah, like there you go. Exactly. So yeah, like we, you want to make sure you are not afraid of deep water because you, we might have to go deep to get clear water because you know, like the, the worse the water clarity is the further out we have to go. So you can't be afraid of deep water because you don't know where we're going to go and we don't know until the day of. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be, you have to be a strong swimmer because there might be some currents that day, you know, you can't be getting tired in the middle of your session because we used to have to swim all the way back to the shore and no. you can't be afraid of wildlife or panic if you see fish because then you're going to be splashing that causes attractions to other animals that's dangerous i can't be having to bark safety instructions at you and tell you to keep your eye on the horizon or on the line like the shoreline to see how far we're going you need to, we need to both be paying attention to that um while trying to tell you how to pose and like it's just there's i could go on all day um, obviously while I'm in the water, I will mention stuff that's safety as that just happens. Like, and I'm sure you like run it down bit, beforehand too. Yeah. Like, this is what it's yes. going to look like. Yeah. But. Yeah. But the point is there is no, it, I've done sessions with good people underwater and I've done them with people who are, who are not. And it's, it's a nightmare. It's yeah. so dangerous. It, it could almost be somebody's whole job to be like that instructor, to be that safety person. So you can just like get the shot and like not well, have to deal with it almost but like right. if they were super uncomfortable i suppose like you're saying so, ideally and I, they're comfortable with all this but. i've thought about that and i even have had chad come out and luckily at one time to be like the lifeguard but there's a, mm-hmm. there was a problem with that and the problem so you can't like again there's just no shortcuts because the problem is they're going to be then having to try to split their attention between two people and if mm-hmm. they're nervous they're going to be paying more attention to him than me and so again won't be able to get the shots and you don't uh, want to yeah. have more than one person barking orders in the water too because it's just it's just too That's much fair. going on and that then also if they're yeah and if they're nervous in the water they won't be able to dive down and get the shots if they're nervous in the water they won't be able to pose they won't be able to hold their breath they won't be able to dive down like they it just the pictures won't work they just cannot be nervous so Anyways. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. Let's go into what you just said. You said you have had people who aren't oh, very yeah. good in the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, because I, okay. I can imagine, like, if they're stellar, goes well, all good. But, like, worst case yes. scenario, like, have you have you dealt with yeah. that? Yeah. Or tell me yeah. about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I should have extended right away on that, actually. Um, no, it's all good. Yeah. So that was a uh, probably one of the toughest lessons for me to learn. I really thought in the beginning of my underwater journey that I'd be able to just take underwater photos of any, anyone. And um, yeah, but it only took a couple luckily of really frustrating and one actually really dangerous experiences to like really learn otherwise. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, yeah, one of my main motivations for us talking about this today, because when you learn just how dangerous it can be, you don't want to just be negligent throwing this out there online and being like, oh, this is so fun. Like, and encouraging people to possibly get themselves into dangerous situations. So um, my first bad experience was with a couple, and I don't mean to say bad like in a rude way, but I'm just trying to be honest here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So my first bad experience was with a couple that wasn't really confident in the ocean, um, as confident as I had been led to believe. Uh, mm. When we got in the water and swam out to the spot, they weren't really comfortable diving down deep. And I'm, it's not like I was asking them to go 20 or even 15 feet. Like they couldn't even get like their full body length down. So like it's 
I don't know how to describe it, but basically leaves no room for photos. Um, it's hard to explain, but you need like lot. I was kind of saying these two er- earlier, but you need lots of time to get most, if not all, underwater shots. And time is basically equivalent to depth underwater because you float up naturally, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you can't just like hold still forever near the surface unless you have like a great breath hold and maybe like a good strong weight belt, which most people don't, especially during photo shoot. <laughs> so in order for me to be able to like do my job and deliver great photos, I need the clients to be able to dive down deep enough to get the shots. And they just couldn't. They just could not. I'll leave it at that. So Mm -hmm. it was really disappointing, but you know, not too bad. Like, and safety was a priority. I think the guy's head was starting to hurt at one point. And I was like, what, what, this is just, I don't know what's happening right now, but they were not obviously experienced in the water as much as I'd been led to believe. Okay. However, my worst experience was one time when I took a family out and um, the mom had sworn up and down that her kids were great in the water. They were great swimmers. They were mermaids. Yes. And I also, from the way she talked, kind of thought they were a little older than they seemed in person. But either way, she swore up and down that they were great and she really wanted these underwater photos. So I guess I'll spare like all the details, but the kids could not swim well, let alone dive under the water. One of the kids could barely put their head under it. The other one was like clearly still in swim lessons and sure she could go underwater, but like, yeah, not. Yeah. And they were pretty scared in the ocean. And another thing that added to it was the dad was over it after like one pose. I kid you not. We did one pose and then we all came back up from the water and he was like, okay, I think I'm done now. And I literally was just like, you booked a two hour shoot. And you just went down for one try on one Yeah, pose. you're not going like, to have anything. Yes, oh, which by man. the way, that's a whole other mm-hmm. side topic. But yeah. when people are not in a good mood, during, like when the guy's not into it in a photo shoot or someone's not – or the girl, but usually it's a guy yeah. if it's, there's this problem. It makes my job so – it's really stressful because yeah. I am afraid to like say certain things, do certain poses. I'm tense now and we're, now I'm like emotionally regulating for that person because um, I'm just a big emotional regulator. So anyways yeah. – there was also that then that I was dealing with. Okay. Um, and it didn't help anything that the water conditions were actually pretty choppy that day, which is just unfortunate. It's just how it works out sometimes. Yeah. Um, and the current was decently strong. Not like it was pulling us out like fast, but we were definitely drifting. Um, and that's, well, and why that's I- scary too, to be responsible then for kids' lives. Like I think, yeah, probably kids sh- can do this and families can have oh, yeah, for photos, sure. but it's just I like, many. I'd be super nervous, like given all the conditions you've laid out and the risks. And then suddenly you're in charge of like kids who yeah. aren't very confident in the water's that's, lives. Like that would make me nervous. That's why I don't want to be in charge. Exactly. Like yeah. it just, I cannot, especially if it's children, you're in charge of your own children and yeah. they need to be able to hear me. So I'll, I'll talk more about that too. Like they need to be able to hear me and listen to me in the water. Um, but yeah, so with the, with clients being confident swimmers, it's really important. Mm-hmm. It's one less thing to worry about. Like I said, you can't worry about the things that are outside of your control, such as water conditions. Um, so you got to make sure everything that can be in your control is. And I should mention too that like one of the most difficult parts was the kids being so nervous because there was so much talking going on. Like one of the kids' masks was it, like, clearly was not swimming with masks very much because the mm. kid like kept messing with his mask, couldn't make it work and kept complaining, being like, oh, it's not working. And the parents were all constantly trying to deal with that. And it's like, in between, like I said also, you have to be ready to go with each shot. If you're doing each shot three times, you don't want to be in the water all day. Like you 
you know, yeah, you've got to like swimming. So during all this fixing yes. and stuff, you're still all keeping yourself well, afloat. Yeah. And you just also, you didn't book, I'm, I'm sorry, but you can't book me to be in the water with you for eight hours. Honestly, sure. If you want to, fine. But you probably didn't pay for that package. Like if someone wants to pay me to be in the water with them for eight hours, I'll do it. But they didn't pay for that. They paid for just a couple hours of my time, or maybe it was like an hour even. And it's like, so let's get the stuff done. Well, eight, eight hours for you in the water. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I know you could do it, but pff, that's, you'd be exhausted. Right. That'd be I'm so exaggerating, tiring. obviously. But right. Yeah. You but get for more time than it needs to take. It just doesn't help yes, anybody. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to be we, – we're on a time thing and also like, you know, it's just – so yeah, if you – so they couldn't – they were just constantly talking with each other so they couldn't hear me when I would try to say something. Usually, granted, I was just trying to be like, okay, you guys, let's, here's the next pose. Let me, let me explain it to you. But I could be saying something safety-related and they would not hear me half the time. Oh, and yeah. that's just so dangerous and honestly downright annoying because, again, it's, it's a waste of time. Yeah. And I was just the whole time you're thinking like, oh my gosh, they're not going to get the photos they wanted. They paid for this time and they're not going to get the photos they wanted. And it's just, but of course you feel like it's your fault. So anyways, the whole thing just ended up with, um, that is actually one of the times that I did have Chad come with me luckily. And we're so glad he did because they couldn't make it back. They literally couldn't, they were exhausted. Mind you, I was fine. I was chilling. Like this is again, if they were at the proper level that they led me to believe and that I had told them over and over again, like you got to be strong swimmers, like we are going to be swimming out. Like Chad and I literally, the kids brought like boogie boards to kind of like relax on. Oh my gosh, that's another thing too. You cannot bring props. Like there is enough to deal with in the water and it's hard to explain. Yeah. Like I can sit here and say like you don't want to be dealing with stuff in the water, but it's- No, I get it. I totally get it. Because the minute that you go to pose, they're letting go of those. They're going to be yes. floating and then it's your problem. No, I, exactly. I totally get and it. And then of course, if they because need them- you're in the ocean, it's moving. Like you yes. can't just like, let it float there Constantly. real quick. No, yes. I yeah, wow. And and the fact that they brought them because the kids needed them to rest on is like a big red flag because then it's like as soon as they get from water, they're panicking, trying to find it, not listening. Yeah, like and you're almost just, just better doing beach photos yeah. and like it's kind of in the water, sure, you know, sure. like hundred percent in the shore. Yeah. To be fair, I love the idea of family underwater photos. I've done successful ones. I have yeah, seen yeah, yeah. many people do successful ones, but this is just where it's like there is no shortcut for being confident in the water. Anyway, yeah. so Got Chad and I, yeah, yeah, so it started with like when we were on the way back, the kids were on the boards. Chad and I each were towing a board and the parents were literally dragging behind and trying to help kick, but I think we were honestly pulling them too. And it was just – so of course that was exhausting mm -hmm. for me afterwards and so was for Chad. But it was – and again, the, the, the current was pretty strong, but it was just like that. I got out of the water and I was flabbergasted. I was like, that was the hardest, most stressful thing oh, I have man. ever done yeah. in my life. I won't actually, I actually won't do family sessions anymore underwater. I, they, it's such a strong vetting process where like if someone reaches out, I'm not going to instantly say no, but we're going to have a long conversation That's and I'm going to need to see yeah. proof that they're really good on the water. Like I'm going to need to see some videos and photos that they know what they're doing. Cause that was, if Chad had not been there, Chad says that if he wasn't there, he thinks there could have been a tragedy. I don't know that that's true, but I'm glad I didn't have to find out. Um, yeah, better, it, literally better yeah. safe than sorry. Yeah, like exactly. The, wow. Yeah. So, anyways, that was my those. It did not take long for me. Even I did have my strict um, rules and uh, vetting process even before that for clients, but it definitely did go up even just a little bit. Um, and kind of, I just kind of removed family sessions from the underwater part. Yeah. Not fully, because again, like they're like if we're out on a boat and they want to jump off the boat into the water, I can get underwater photos of that easy. I'll do that with pretty much any family. But like going from shore to swimming yeah, out, yeah, I just, see what you, yeah, 
I'm going to have a lot more like it's going to be a little more strict. So yeah, I don't I know that was a really yeah. long answer, but there you go. No, that's amazing. That broke it down so well. Like it's it's so funny because I think it's so easy to listen to it and be like, oh yeah, like underwater stuff, anyone can do it. And I said, sure, if you do the research and whatever, but I think it's so smart. It's, well, I mean, think of like, you know, nature photography it would be my dream job. But then like when you think about what you're actually sitting and doing and like what yeah. it encompasses, like everything you're saying is just showing like, it's not, you just go jump in. Like, it's not like the boat where you just jump in for five minutes and get some quick photos and get out. It's a, like, yeah, it's a whole day for you. No, that's amazing. And it really sheds light on yeah what can go wrong like the margin right. of error is and again not to terrify people but it's just to take it seriously and like again especially if you wanted to offer it with kids like I'm sitting here as I've grown up a strong swimmer being like "Woo, could I do this you know like right I would definitely- not in a discouraging way but like I'd want to be confident and I've way. grown up swimming so not pro- yeah. like not well, like not professionally, right. but you know, in lakes and stuff. But Very, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and that's where it's so – that's why, again, I just really wanted to be so brutally honest about this because most things you can dabble in, you can experiment in. But this is just one of those things where you have to have so many boxes checked and mm-hmm. prepare in such a deep way before you do this or it could end in a death and it's just not and it's it's so serious yeah right and it looks like so fun and sweet and oh I love swimming I love being in the ocean but that's not what this is that's not what this is and you don't want to have to learn that the hard way and I just I noticed in the last few years specifically I'd say the last four years maybe underwater photography getting more popular and that's a good thing but with social media, you never really see the behind the scenes. And I no. don't want people to misconstrue. It's not like learning. You can't film behind the scenes or, out there. <laughs> no. Well, you, yeah, exactly. And even if you do, it wouldn't look, it wouldn't be accurate. You, yeah. So anyways, yeah. it's just, it is just, I, and I worry about, I've seen a couple of people seem like they mentioned, like they want to almost get into it. And I'm just like, I just want to make sure they know what they're getting into. And if you're not living by the ocean, Abs- well, I'll talk more about that later, but absolutely not. Yeah. Like if you're yeah. not living by the place you're going to be doing it, no, just don't. But anyways, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, so you already kind of started with like misconceptions about underwater photography. So let's like keep going with that. Like okay, you said, yeah. you know, you said like glamorizing it on social media. Oh, yeah. okay. It's not accurate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. In the age of social media, it's easy to like, just go like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to try it. But like you're contending with the ocean when you do this, you can't just Mm -hmm. jump in and try it. I don't want to be too repetitive here, but yeah, like glamorizing it puts yourself and others at risk. And kind of along with that, like it's also not as accessible. Um, I think the main ones, like the main, um, like misconceptions are glamorization of it, accessibility and cost. So Mm kind of just covered glamorization, but um, it's not as accessible as people think either. Someone who's successfully doing underwater photo shoots, even if you think they just started, they've already invested thousands. Yes. Thousands, not hundreds of dollars in the camera gear, safety, um, like safety gear, such as long fins, weight belts, um, wetsuit, the best snorkel setup, like underwater pouch for the keys. I mean, I've kind of listed all this stuff already. Um, what you don't see is how many hours they've actually spent in the water. They have to be very confident. I've said it a bunch of times, um, have a decent breath hold. It doesn't have to be crazy, but like around at least a minute would probably be like wise to start out when you're doing this. Um, and the education about all of it as well. So, you know, and I, like I've participated in, um, shark freediving training and swimming with sharks in the ocean just to be, you're a beast. (laughs) It's fun. I like it. Um, 
but just to just because there's like I said, it's it's an investment that's really worth it. Um, yeah. So as far as the cost goes, honestly, if you aren't doing regular shoots underwater, um, you're gonna find out that it's not uh, smart to buy all this stuff. So just it'll to be dabble multiple. in it, like yes, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Like gotcha. I said, yes, you're. Um, it's gonna be multiple thousands of dollars by the end of all of it, and if you don't really live by the ocean. Um, that has good conditions for underwater photography year round or through most months of the year, uh, I would really encourage you to think twice before investing in this. You might be better off investing in a different avenue for your business or a different hobby. Um, just, it's just, there's just so much you, uh, like, okay. Anyway, sorry, I'll keep going. I know I mentioned just a lot of stuff that is kind of like negative, um, so I want to discount like one more misconception, but on a positive note, and that's mm-hmm. the underwater photos are super scary or like just unbelievably dangerous. Yes, there are a lot of dangers, right. but if you follow all the safety rules and you're super confident in the water, um, it's a super fun kind of photo shoot. It's my mm-hmm. favorite kind. Yeah. I have a lot of fun. My clients have a lot of fun. It's exhausting, but it's like, a, but it's really rewarding. So um, when I take photos with my fellow free divers or with people who are confident in the water, it's just like we're having a lot of fun. And yeah. it's like the best, oh, I bet. Like, best photo shoot. So just a little positive note there because I know I just kind of like harped on it a lot. And I feel like I've been kind of negative. Obviously, there's a reason I do this. Um, right. But yeah, so I'll just, that's another misconception. I'll just kind of set to the side. Like it's very fun, but. Yeah. Well, I bet it's like when you're like when I spent a couple months. Well, I grew up skiing, right? Yeah. Um, I've always been pretty good at that. And uh, when I was skiing in New Zealand, you know, there were some kids who had like different skill levels. And if you're not a skier or snowboarder, it is not fun. The first time you go up on a mountain, especially yeah. if you're snowboarding, that's why I don't snowboard because I don't want to fall all the time. Yeah. But like, if you don't know what you're doing up there, you're it's not quite the same dangers. I mean, it can be depending on what you're doing and where you are. Absolutely. Yeah. But like the the first time you do it, if, if like you're an experienced skier and you're with someone who's never done it, they're going to be like on their butt. They're going to get tired. They're going to be falling. They're going to want to, it's very classic for someone to want to quit, but you're on top of the mountain. You have to get back down. So you have to like do it again. And it's this struggle versus people who know what they're doing and you're all just doing it together. You don't have to think about any of that stuff, right? Like you've already taken the safety precautions with your gear and then you're up there just hanging out. Like I, probably most extreme things it's very much like that like when you're worrying about the safety of somebody who's not sure of how to do it versus experienced people then you then i'm you know i totally see what you mean it would be positive it would be fun it would just be like woohoo you know exactly i I didn't want to say like you relax because i'm aware like you have to be aware but kind of i guess you do i you do when you have checked all the boxes and you're with someone who's experienced and the water conditions are great like when everything lines up it's exhausting, but it's very stress relieving by the end yeah, of it. There's moments where yeah. you guys are, especially to catch your breath. There's going to be some time where you just went down four times and for a pose and you need to catch your breath and you're just floating then chatting, relaxing. And it's so peaceful. It's the most oh. amazing thing in the world, especially if you feel like that's, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. But cool. Anyway. So how did you know that then? Like, how did you know you were ready to start offering underwater photography? 
Um, for me, it was when like I had drastically improved my free diving skills. So I wanted to be able to get down to like 30 feet pretty easily and I wanted to be comfortable with my new gear. So I wanted my underwater housing. I, I don't know if this like completely answers your question, but like I wanted my underwater housing and weight belt to be like a part of my body, like just super second nature because I knew mm-hmm. that being distracted in the water is like dangerous. And I also wanted to make sure that I had conquered any lingering fears I had of the ocean. And that came along, came along with like like education and time in the water, like I've been saying, like mm-hmm. I was still slightly nervous of sharks up until a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, conquered that obviously and yeah. educated myself on that and nervous about strong currents. Um, I would say that there's one fear I still have, which is like really big waves. Like I just, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big wave surfer. Like I don't like waves, like, but in general, luckily that free diving, I don't have to really deal with that. And underwater photography, you're obviously trying to avoid waves. So Anyways, um, and they're all valid concerns, but they're just ones that I educated myself on rather than lived in fear of. And that was when I was like, once all that's good, I can like, I can really start offering my underwater sessions. That's smart to be like, I want this to feel like a part of me. I want to be confident because that wouldn't be helpful. Like if you're shooting a family and then like a turtle shows up and you're like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) the person who's supposed to be in charge getting terrified. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And I I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but like I also just – because I don't know if you were asking like how did I know like logistically when I was ready to start or like what made me want to start underwater. Oh, I guess either one. Like – Okay. I don't remember what I meant. I think I meant logistically, but also like if there was a spark in you like emotion-wise that you wanted to do that. Yeah, I should just clarify that, that. like, okay, I should just clarify that, like, I've always wanted to do, like, this has literally always been something that I knew I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. and, like, I was considering, one of the many career paths I was considering in college was marine biology, and had I gone to college here in, on Oahu, I would have done marine biology, that's, I think, the field that I applied for when I got accepted to the university here, it was going to be marine biology, but, um, obviously, I didn't go to that college and didn't do that field, um, but yeah, like this was always something that I wanted to do. So That's I've so always, cool. it wasn't just like something I. I'm legit. So you, could, you could work for National Geographic. I think you oh, could. I think that'd be. so fun. Don't oh. let me, dude. <laughs> so last question, I guess then. This is awesome. Like I've literally been invested in all of this because like. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're just explaining it so well. It's It sounds crazy. Yeah. It sounds so cool. What would you say? To people considering it and considering getting into it, possibly just starting out, um, last little thing, yeah, to shoot out to them, I guess. Um, Look, (laughs) normally I'm the kind of person, to be honest, who is like, go for it, just start, like you can do it. Or even like I've honestly said, fake it till you make it very unironically about a lot of things. But this is one area where I'm going to be so painfully, brutally honest and say, pause. Yeah. I just want, like, if you are listening and you're thinking about this, I just want to tell you to ask yourself why you are doing it. Are you doing it because you think you have a natural proclivity towards it, a natural strength for it, or because you think it's cool and you'll get likes on Instagram? Is it your life's passion or do you just think it would be fun to try? Do you think it would make you look cool? Um, also, mm. can you afford it? The money you're about to spend on it, could you burn it in the fireplace right now and still afford all your bills tomorrow? If the answer is no, I'm sorry, you need to wait. And more tough love time, it is hard. It's hard work. And I'm not saying this to complain because I love it and I'm not ever going to stop doing it. But 
it's hard to learn. It's time consuming. It's discouraging to spend an hour struggling in the water only to get back pictures that are out of focus, difficult to edit, and you didn't get the poses that you wanted. Mm -hmm. And also, like I said before, it's a whole new game. You have to learn all the stuff, the preparation for it. You have to relearn how to take photos underwater and you have to relearn how to edit because editing is completely different with underwater photos as it is with any other type of photo. Um, and the time you better love detail work because the time spent editing these photos is also atrocious. Um, I love it though. It's fun for me. I actually enjoy it, but, um, whatever you're expecting it to be, make it twice as hard in your mind and you're almost there. And it's just, yeah. it's kind of like all those things are like when people say moving, um, you always think you have like less stuff than you really do. And then mm. even though the next time you go to move, it's like you still underestimate how much there is no way for you to really realize just how hard this is, um, how expensive it is, how dangerous it is. That's why I would say like number one rule, if you are not living where you're going to be doing this all the time, pro- just don't try to get into it. Maybe wait, okay. wait until you are living where you're going to do this all the time. So anyways, there's just some, there's some little thoughts. Yeah. Well, that's so good. And like you said, like now that you've put in all that work beyond hours, days, weeks worth of work to get here, like what you said before, how you're at that place where you can relax in the water. It is enjoyable. Yeah. It is super fun, is rewarding all of that. But that came, like you said, after tons of trial and error. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. And it disappears anytime I'm not in the water again. So like, that's the thing. That's why I say you mm-hmm. come, you have to live near it because I, if I go for a couple months, like I, it's always a little nerve wracking going from the winter into the summer, getting back into this for seasonal, because right. like I, I'm, you're still having to kind of relearn some of the stuff. Your breath hold is crap. You are more nervous in the water. You're kind of relearning like, okay, what has anything changed with the, with the, you know, typography? How do you, how do you say that? Like the typography. Thank you. What, is that how you say that? Because I, I don't know. What word are you trying to topography. say? Yeah. Is it topography? Okay. Is that the word? I don't know. Whatever. I'm forgetting it's what like that means. Ground. Oh my like gosh. The, how did you know the word? You don't remember what it means. That's so funny. Like the – well, between the two of us, I think we got it right. The point is the – Topographically? The landscape. Yes. That, topographically. <laughs> what? I don't think that's the – I don't know if that's how you say I don't know. It doesn't matter. Chad knows. Whatever. Oof. A lot of, all of our listeners will know. It's just us who don't know. Anyways, the point is, has Someone like the landscape changed? Exactly. Yeah. Have the have the shark patterns changed this year? Right. Have so much stuff. So much stuff. Like, for example, one of the places I used to love going for this uh, a few months ago, there was like 12 tiger sharks that were seen right by where. Oh, my gosh. It, just hanging out for days. And I was like, that's so interesting. I'm not going there. Not because yeah. I'm like deadly afraid of them. If they come – you know, if I'm in the water and I don't expect them, I know how to deal with that. Don't want to. And yeah. I'm not going to be stupid and go do that. And I'm definitely not going to drag clients out there and be like <laughs> – They're sharks, but hey. it should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> especially tiger sharks. Especially tiger sharks. Okay. Yeah. So the point is, I just, I'm not going to sit here and say, go for it. I'm not going to say yeah. you should try it, get into it. I'm actually going to say, maybe don't. Um, like, find a lot of, find other ways to invest in your business. I, I love it. If you feel like this is my life's passion, this is what I'm called to do, this is absolutely right. what I need to be doing, then do your due diligence and it will be rewarding. But don't lose thousands of dollars because you did not prepare right. Don't put yourself at risk. Don't, kill or hurt other people or put them at risk um for just Instagram with the right way like one time for an Instagram yeah. post or just for yeah just for you to say you did it because you don't want to say i'm being sued you know because you got yourself in danger so yeah, yeah there you go Ooh. so we love this negative episode i'm just kidding i don't think so like i no, i see where you're getting that but i i think that's important and uh 
I was just going to actually say in wrapping up, first off, you're the coolest. I, it straight up feels like I'm talking to somebody famous right now. Stop. Um, oh, please. <laughs> and I, Thanks. this was so good because it is a topic that's not our usual go for it, give it a shot. Like our podcast is right. usually very like, try this, experiment in this. And we still yeah. love that photography and the media that's industry great. has so many places to do that. I think it's completely yep. acceptable to be like, here's one where you got to be careful and it's not even like you're saying like never but it's just it's exactly what you said like is this your life's passion okay start to like take steps to make that your life but but yeah it's not um it's not like a creative studio shoot where you throw paint everywhere and ooh, that's experimenting it's it's gear it's Mm -hmm. all this stuff so no i loved every minute of this being like we're actually encouraging you to proceed with caution do your research and yep. and yeah exactly like you said it, it could be twice as much as you think it is like everything you explained yeah. was twice as much of what I knew it to be sitting here listening and I like not I haven't even done anything like that so mm-hmm. yeah well thank you so much that's actually so kind of you to say all that and also I'm glad that you were willing to chat about this because I know it's not a normal thing and then so thank you to Ayla and then also everyone listening thanks for sticking around for this little topic I hope it was in, I hope it was inspiring in the right ways and I hope that it was fun to listen to and educational because I also know it's not super a super common thing and so I do often right. get just questions just people just want to know about it i just get questions yeah. about what it's like so happy to talk about that um yeah. yeah but at the end of the day you know underwater photography is risky it deserves respect i want you to be safe but i love it yeah amazing for more talk about so many things photography business and just life you already know you can check out our instagram we are at art of intention podcast we share all kinds of resources there each week and it's a great way to interact with us hang out with us and be reminded of when we drop new episodes and if you're not already you'll want to follow us wherever you listen wherever you listen we're on apple Podcasts, spotify and zencaster and then definitely leave us your five-star rating and review it pushes our podcast to so many people out there it's been amazing to see that happen so far and we can't wait to just see where the podcast keeps taking us and we're so thankful for you guys already actually sidebar this week we've had a couple people just like personally tell us on our instagram that they're listening that they're enjoying it and Oh, it warms my heart. So definitely yeah. keep complimenting us if you like the show. We love being complimented. <laughs> if you don't mind. But no. yeah, we love to hear it. We want to keep interacting with you guys. Love so it. definitely do all that. Yeah. Thank you guys for letting me ramble and share my thoughts. Remember, there are new episodes every Tuesday. So we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.